Every person has five matai from the Alam Amr. Kalmaru, Sir, Hafi, Ak, and Akhva. These are five matai. And then there are two Latifa from the Alam Echalak. One is Nafs and one is Qalibiya. So two from the Alam Echalak. And five from the Alam Amr. But the Qalib is actually made up of four things. So fire, air, water and earth. And if we take each one of those four separately, then Alam Echalak will also have five Lataif, Nafs, and fire, water, air, and earth. So then there will be five Lataif from Alam Echalak, and then five from Alam Amr. And the wondrous thing that Allah Subhanahu has done is that each Latifah from the Alam Amr has some relationship with some Latifah in the Alam Khalq. So for example, Kalb has a manasbat with the Nafs. Kalb has a manasbat with the Nafs. Ruh has a manasbat with air. Ruh has manasbat with air. <coughs> and Latifa Sir has manasbat with water. And Latifa Khafi has manasbat with fire. And Latifa Akfa has manasbat with earth. <coughs> so every single Latifa in Alam Amr has a correspondence to some Latifa in the, in the Lataif of Alam Khalq. And along with these five Lataif, there are five illnesses associated with them. Lustful desire is related to the Kalb. And you already understand that emotions and feelings have to do with the person's heart. And lustful passion, lust is one of the passions of the heart. So the desire, lustful desire is with the Kalb. Anger, that's related to the Ruh. So sometimes a person, when they get so angry, they also fly high in their state of anger. They're no longer on the ground, but they're flying in the air. They soar because of their anger. And bukhul or stinginess, miserliness, Shuh in Arabic is related to Latifa Sir. So, miserliness or stinginess, that is related to Latifa Sir. Hasad is related to Latifa Khafi, envy, jealousy. Or 
and ujub and takabbur that is related to latifah affa means pride, vanity, conceit, arrogance. Ujub and takabbur that is related to latifah affa. So there are five lataif, and each one of these five is related to the five lataif in the alam khalq And each of the five lataif of alam amr have five spiritual illnesses affiliated with them. That person who works on the zikr on their kalb, then their lustful passions will come in control. It doesn't mean that they will never feel lust. But it means that it will remain within the Sharia, within the boundaries of Sharia. It doesn't mean that if they work on Latifaru that they will lose their anger. They will still have anger, retain anger for Deen. For the sake of Deen, there's some cases in which a person has to be angry for the sake of Deen. But they will no longer have any anger outside the boundaries of Sharia. Because otherwise the person will end up in cowardice if all of the anger is eliminated. So, ghayra, or they should have their own dignity and self-respect. And this is the grace and bounty of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. It's a sarcastic poem that... Uh, Due to the grace of Allah, the husband and wife are both civilized. What is the meaning of Western civilization? That the husband doesn't have any anger and the wife has no self-respect. means that they have infidelity. They have infidelity to one another. And the husband doesn't get upset when the wife cheats and the wife has no problem cheating. Remember the story of Sayyidina Ali that he was fighting an unbeliever in jihad and he was about to strike him down but then he spat at the face of Sayyidina Ali and then Sayyidina Ali left him and why? and he said that I he was stunned that he thought that if I spit at you because I thought you would just kill me quicker and just to end with it and now you're not doing anything and Sayyidina Ali said that in the beginning I was killing you for the sake of Allah but when you spat in my face I got personally angry with you and it's not permissible for me to kill you out of personal anger so I had to stop so that's what it means to control your emotions and keep them within the boundaries of Sharia. Sayyidina Hussain once a guest came to him and so he told the maidservant that you should make something for the guest. And they used to have hot, hot gravy. Like today people like hot tea. The Arabs used to have hot gravy. <laughs> so whether a person accepts kiyas analogical reasoning or not, they will love to hear this information that the Sahaba used to have hot gravy because all of you love your hot tea. Once there was a person from that group of people who say we don't accept following anyone. For a long period of time, he tried to explain to Hazrat Ji 
that you should just read Quran yourself and practice and follow it yourself. No need for any scholars or no need to follow anyone or listen to anyone. And he kept trying, kept trying. So, so then after a short period of time the host brought some tea. So Adasam doesn't drink tea. So he says it's just my habit that I don't drink it. But he was a habitual tea drinker. So he quickly put the tea in front of himself. And I said that if you read and practice the Quran then you won't be able to drink this tea. Because according to Quran it says that they will be given hot, the people of Jannah will be given hot beverages to drink. So what you're doing is an act of a person on the hellfire. And, it says that, and so that I will say that this is what you're doing, that you're having hot boiling water. He said, then so the person responded, no, no, no. This is, we are doing kyas on this, on gravy. He says, now all of a sudden he's accepting and, and reasoning by analogy and interpretation of meaning. Whereas before he was just a literalist. So Sayyidina Hussain told his maidservant that bring some hot gravy for the guest. So when she was bringing it, when she entered the room, she tripped and she was must have been focusing on something. She had lost her attention and she slipped in that bowl of hot gravy fell on Sayyidina Hussain. Now when it falls on you, scalding hot mm, liquid, it is painful. So then Sayyidina Hussain looked at her with a feeling of anger and you were so careless. So she understood that, okay, I'm in a bind, I'm in a fix. So the second he looked at her with angry, with anger, because she had also been the maidservant of his house, so she knew a lot about deen. So she immediately recited this and those who swallow their anger. So the second Sayyidina Hussain heard these words of Quran, then he said, okay, no, I'm no longer angry with you. And then she read the rest of the ayah, and there are people who forgive others. So she said, okay, I've forgiven you for your mistake. And then she said, that Allah loves the people who do ihsan. So I said, okay, I free you from this day. So this anger, when a person works on the Fairu, they may feel, still feel anger, but they only feel anger within the boundaries of Sharia. So Sayyidina Sayyidina felt anger, but he didn't act on that anger. And the second he heard an ayah of the Quran, he swallowed that anger. So a person who does zikr and latifah come, their lustful passions will be in control. A person who does zikr and latifah ru, their unlawful anger will come in control. That person who does zikr and latifah sir, they will no longer be stingy, they will be generous. They will have a big heart. And if a person does zikr and latifah khafi, then they will no longer have hasad or hirs, no longer have envy, jealousy or greed for things in this world. And when they do zikr and latifah akfa, then they will no longer have arrogance and pride. So these are five deadly sins. There are such spiritual illnesses that can devastate a person. But the cure for all five is possible. And that's why our Mashaykh used to look at the Salakin 
and whatever illness that person had, they used to tell him that they should work more on that particular latifa. And in our own life, we have seen thousands of people who have freed themselves from the passions of lustful love because they did lots of zikr and latifa gulf. And we've seen thousands of people who were cured of excessive unlawful anger because they did a lot of zikr and ru. And it seemed that as if they never were angry. And they even themselves used to be shocked that I can't even re- believe that I used to be such an angry person earlier. So this is a guaranteed cure. This is not, we're not experimenting here. This isn't trial and error. This is a tried and true and tested and proven remedy for these spiritual illnesses. And the Salik will himself see a change in himself, whatever, and he can diagnose himself also that when he's been given these lessons, and whichever spiritual illness he feels he has more, he should spend more time on that Latifa. If he feels that I have arrogance, he should spend more time on Latifa Akfa. If he feels he has envy for someone, he should spend more time on Latifa Khafi. So up till now, we have told you three points. The first point was that there were five Lataif of Alam Amr, and they were mapped in the head Manasbat with the five Lataif of Alam Khalq. Kalb with Nafs, Ru with Wind, Sir with fi- Water, Khafi with Fire, and Akfa with Earth. And then second thing was that each and every Latifa has a spiritual illness associated with Kalb is related to lustful passions, Ru is related to unlawful anger, Sir is related to stinginess, Khafi is related to envy, jealousy and greed, and Akfa is related to pride, arrogance and conceit. So these five Lataif, if a person does zikr on them, then they will be able to purge themselves from these five sinful attributes. So what will happen when they do zikr? Then in their breast, the lataif start opening up. The more and more Allah Allah they do, then the more and more the lataif open up. And they will also get purified from these five spiritual illnesses. Now there's another thing that every Latifa has a, does a journey through a particular tajalli from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. <coughs> For example, Latifa Kalb is under the guidance of Allah subhanahu of Aliyah. Latifa Kalb is, is guided under the Tajaliyati of Aliyah. And Latifa Ru is guided under the guidance of Tajaliyati Sifati Subutiyah. And there are eight such attributes Sama, Basar, Kalam. Irada, ilm, takdir. So, 
Latifa Ru gets its fans from the Tajaliyati Sifati Subutia. Latifa Sir gets its fans from the Tajaliyati Shunate Zatia. Latifa Khafi gets its fans from the Tajaliyati Sifati Salbia. And Latifa Akfa gets its fans from the Tajaliyati Shani Jame. And if you join all the Af'al, Sifat, and Shunat, the whole of it together is called the Shani Jame. So you can imagine that when you look at light, it looks white. But in reality, it has a spectrum of colors. And you can separate those colors out as well. So Latifa Akfa gets the complete spectrum of the fez of the Tajaliyat of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And in the other Lataif, they're getting particular ranges of that spectrum. Either Sifat or Shunat or something. And another thing is that that Allah subhanahu wa the different prophets that have come from Allah subhanahu wa to this world, they are some ulul azm anbiya that Allah subhanahu gave them perfections in different ways. Sayyidina Adam alayhi salam was given the fez of the Dajaliyat Af'aliyah. Sayyidina Ibrahim alayhi salam and Sayyidina Nuh alayhi salam both were given the fez of the Dajaliyat Sifat Subutiyah. Sayyidina Musa alayhi salam was given the Dajaliyat fez of Dajaliyat Shunat Zatiyah. Sayyidina Isa alayhi salam was given the fez of the Dajaliyat Sifat Salbiyah. And Sayyidina Rasulullah was given the fazad of the Jaliyati Shani Jamin. Now, whichever Nabi got fez from any particular Latifa, that Latifa is called their Zayr Kadam, means it is called that it lies underneath their feet. So, Latifa Kalb lies under Sayyidina Adam al-Islam, Latifa Ru lies under Sayyidina Ibrahim al-Islam, Latifa Sir lies under Sayyidina Musa al-Islam, Latifa Khafi lies under Sayyidina Isa al-Islam, and Latifa Akfa lies under Sayyidina Rasulullah. And this is also a strange thing that however many human beings there are, each and every single human being has one Latifa that is more pronounced inside of them. Somebody has a Qalb that is more pronounced. Somebody has a Ru, somebody Sir, somebody Khafi, somebody Afat. So whichever Latifa is more pronounced and more active in a person, that is called their Masha. Masha literally means a place, the place where you drink from. So because his, this person's kamalat are being received through this particular Latifa, it's called his mashab, the place where he acquires his kamalat. And then they're called in virgin type, the person, it can be either Adamil mashab, or Ibrahimil mashab, or Musavil mashab, or Isavil mashab, or Muhammadil mashab. That's why every person in this world has some likeness in their life in terms of the things that will happen in their life with one of these five anbiya. Somebody's personality would match one of these five anbiya. So the thing to understand at this point is that the mashayikh 
it becomes very easy now for them to train the salakin. Because if a person comes to them and he is Musavi al-Mashram, so the shaykh will know that his life and the things that happened to him in his life, they're similar to what happened to the life of Sayyidina Musa salam and that it will be easier to guide him. And that person who is Isavi al-Mashram, then his life will have similarities to the life of Sayyidina Islam. And who is Muhammadi al-Mashram, that person's life will be more similar to the life of Sayyidina Rasulullah sallallahu So that's how the shaykh gets to know a person's temperament and a person's personality. And you should also know that it's not possible to lie in front of a shaykh. For example, if a person is Musavil Mashrab and he's acting as if he has the kafiyat of Isavil Mashrab, the shaykh will listen, but the shaykh will listen silently, but he won't be fooled or deceived. He will understand that he's where he is deceiving him. And he will relate dreams and relate situations that would have occurred if he was Isavil Mashrab, but actually is Musavil Mashrab, he won't be able to deceive the shaykh. And this is not knowledge of the unseen. That some people think that, oh, our shaykh told us earlier on that this is going to happen in the future. No, the shaykh doesn't know the future, but he could tell what mushroom you were on, and he could tell that what type of situations would happen to you in life because your life is going to be patterned after that Prophet's life whose mushroom you are on. So that's why a person should always have a firm trust and reliance on their shaykh. Otherwise, if a person has incorrect beliefs, they will think that the shaykh knows the unseen. They even think that the shaykh's horses know the unseen. So only Allah Ta'ala has knowledge of the unseen. Now we should listen to one more thing. And that is that different mashaykh always used to have this passion that they wanted to discover what their own mashrub was. And sometimes they would then go to their elders and ask them, or they would find a Kamil Wali and ask him that what mashrub they're on, so that their kalb would have itmanan, so that they would have some tranquility, especially they may have had an idea themselves, but to get confirmation from an elder so that they would have peace of heart. So when it comes about a shaykh, that once he sent his murid to another wali, and he said that, ask him what mashrab I am on. So then when the murid went there, he says, oh, tell me, how is your Jew doing? He told the murid that, tell me how your Jew is doing. So the murid got very upset. They called my shaykh a Jew. And then, but he, but he was a sheikh, so he couldn't say anything to him. So, but in, so he just kept quiet. But inside, he was getting upset. But outwardly, he remained deferential. Keep smiling, even if you're inside boiling. Where's Carson? These new Cape Town people. You'll have to explain to them later. They're totally lost right now. Right. <laughs> He'll explain to you. 
They don't know that they are. They become, they're totally clueless. Okay. So then the Marid, when he came back to his Sheikh, the Sheikh said, what did he say? And the Marid was quiet. He didn't want to say the words. And the Sheikh said, no, tell me what did he say. Tell me the exact words that he said. So the Marid said, okay. He said that, you know, how is your Jew doing? And so now the Sheikh said, okay, now he conveyed a signal to me that I am Mustafi al-Mashrib. And then what happens that a person's life pattern follows after the pattern of that Nabi. Hazrat Khaja Abdul Malik Siddiq Hazrat Sheikh Sheikh, he was Muhammad al-Mashrib. And if you read his life and biography, you will see that his the things that happened in his life are very much similar to the pattern of what happened in the Sirah. In the beginning he had Makki Halad, then he did Hijrat, he migrated from one city to another, and then he, there he had Madni Halad. So you will see that he had the same thing happening to him. And he was called Imam al-Ulama wa by the ulama of Pakistan. And there were 350 khulafahs. And whenever you used to read their name, they were all big alims in the madrasa, Shaykh al-Hadith, Muhtamim, Sadr Madaras, chief teacher, teacher of Hadith, principal of the madrasa. Allah took a lot of work from him. And as he says that my own Sheikh and Murshid was Hazrat Khwaja Ghulam Habib Ramatayla. And he himself once related the story about himself that in terms of my tabiat I was Musavi al-Mashrib. And really we said that we see our Sheikh, he was just like that. He was very tall, very handsome. And that whenever you used to look at his face, you would increase in your love for him. Whoever looked at his face would have love at first sight. And he always kept his asa with him. He always carried a staff that it seemed like a staff was just a part of him. And he had so much relation with Kalamullah, because Sayyidina Musa Islam was Kalimullah, that he would always be talking about Qur'an, always reciting verses of Qur'an. And he would recite three juz of Qur'an a day. In terms of not recite, not read. He would say so many ayahs throughout the day as part of his conversation that if you were to total up his ayahs, it would be equal to three Jews a day. So anybody comes to meet him, he would tell him an ayah, he would tell the driver an ayah, he's in the bazaar, he would tell them an ayah, and he would always recite the ayah that was relevant to that situation. And he says that I don't know any stories, I can just tell you Qur'an. And if you to listen to his bayan, it's just Qur'an and Qur'an and Qur'an. He was an ashik, a lover of the Qur'an. So just like Sayyidina Musa had a special relationship with Kalam Allah, because he was Kalim Allah, so Hazrat Qalam Abib Mushadana Abdullah also had a special relationship with the Kalam. In fact, once there was an ijtima and there were a lot of ulama there, and he said that why do I don't even need to translate for you and the whole bayan was just he would recite one ayah then he would recite a different ayah then he recited the third ayah then the fourth ayah the whole talk was just different ayahs from different places of Quran and he recited more than a hundred ayahs and he connected it and related them all in a meaning and 
the people who knew Arabic, they could understand. It became a whole talk. He used to say that you people watch images on the screen, TV. And he used to say in front of me, Allah Ta'ala puts in front of me in the eyes of my heart the screen of the ayat of Qur'an. He says he would just join ayat in wondrous ways. He was extremely intoxicated with Qur'an. And that's why his dars Qur'an daily after Fajr, he used to give a lesson of tafsir and Qur'an. And it was very well-known, widespread-known dars. And every day after Fajr, he would do it. And nobody could even move in the slightest. Even in, no one could even nod their head like that. Because he also had a lot of jalal, like Sayyidina Musa Islam, he used to scold people a lot. If anything happened, he would scold them thoroughly. So he had jalal and istibiyat. And he would he just grip the whole gathering with his gaze in his darsa Qur'an. Because he had such an intense gaze. And so this was his, and, and his life pattern was like Sayyidina Musa Islam. Sayyidina Musa Islam traveled a lot in his life. And just like that, our Sheikh, as he's saying about him, our Sheikh traveled a lot in his life. Hazrat Qulam Biyabtan traveled a lot in his life. And just like Musa Islam's mother dropped him in the river, just like that, his parents had also sent him away for deen. And he did a lot of work of deen. However, there's one specific thing. That from all of these different mashareb, the most highest mashareb is to be Muhammadiyah mashareb. Because Sayyidina Rasulullah you will get another type of item by sunnah that your life will be patterned after his life. So Imam al-Bani Mujahid has written that if the Shaykh is on Muhammad al-Majrab himself, then if any Salik or Marid comes to that Shaykh and gets a close Nisbat with their Shaykh, what they call Nisbat al-Ittihadi, then even if the Marid is a Musabi al-Mashrib, the, the Nisbat with the Shaykh will change him into becoming Muhammad al-Mashrib. And this is exactly what happened with Hazrat Yusayk, Hazrat Qalam Abhi because his Shaykh, Hazrat Khadja Abdul Malik Siddiq, was Muhammad al-Mashrib. So because Hazrat Qalam Abhi was so close to Hazrat Khadja Abdul Malik Siddiq, that he became elevated from Musabi al-Mashrib to Muhammad al-Mashrib. And then, so then, towards the end of his life, then he was very soft and very gentle. So in the beginning, he was very jalali because he was on Musavil Mashrab. But towards the end of his life, he became very soft and gentle because he had become on Muhammadiyah Mashrab. And then his life became patterned after that. So this is this is something. This is also something that happens. In 
Now another thing is that in earlier times, when the Mashiach used to see that somebody is a Muhammadiyah Mashra, then even though they were a sheikh, they would take baths from that person. Why? Because they wanted to make their nisbat higher. If they were not themselves in Muhammadiyah Mashra, they would go and take bath to another sheikh who was on Muhammadiyah Mashra. This is just like in the Muhaddisin that there was a Hadith scholar who made received the Salah through ten chains. And if you found another scholar had that same Hadith through nine chains or eight chains, you would go learn it from that Hadith scholar so that he would get it through nine chains. So this is a classical feature of the ulama of our deen as they always want to elevate their nisbat in terms of their learning or spirituality. So many mashayikh who themselves were not Muhammadiyah mashrab, they would go and give bed to another shaykh who was on Muhammadiyah mashrab, so they could get even more korb and get even more closer to Allah subhanahu wa And so that they could get perfect following of the sunnah attributes of the Prophet And so nobody should think and be content where they are, because wherever a person can get perfection and benefit, they should strive for that. And the asal purpose is that we all should want, we all would want to be Muhammadiyah Mashrab. And in any case, there's a lot of resemblance between the halat of Sayyidina Musa Islam and Sayyidina Rasulullah And this is established from Quran. And Allah SWT is in the Quran said, Indeed, we have sent you as a Prophet, just like we sent a Prophet to Fir'aun. So that's a resemblance between Sayyidina Musa Islam and Sayyidina Rasulullah Sallallahu Another thing is that because in the Naqshibani Sallallahu the Kamalat and Nabuat are dominant, the perfections of Prophet are dominant over the perfections of Wilayat. That's why it's easier in this Sulsana to become Muhammadiyah Mashra. Because the Kamalat are from the Nabuat of the Prophet so then the product of those Kamalat would most likely be Muhammadiyah Mashra. That's why there are three total parts of our saluk. The first is that from lessons one to seven, the seven lataif. This is called the ground preparation. Applying the base coat. And after that is tahlil, lessons eight and nine, saying la ilaha illallah. Tahleel is that for if there were any deficiencies left in the base code, then Tahleel sweeps away all the deficiencies. And a person's inner self is completely cleansed. And then after that, from lessons 10 to 35, after that it's all thicker, it's all reflection. And so first a person does Allah Allah on their Lataif step by step. And then when you reach lessons 11 to 15, then there a person doesn't do Allah Allah zikr. Then a person just does fikr, just does reflection. So there's zikr, tahleel and fikr. No, none of these things are against the Sharia. Doing Allah Allah is not against Shriya, doing La ilaha illallah is not against Shriya, and reflecting 
on different attributes of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that is also not against Sharia. So this is a very simple route and you keep getting mm, certification from this route from the Sharia. So in the beginning this bab, a person gets the kamalat, the perfection through the zikr of Allah. Then they get perfections by doing the zikr of la ilaha illallah. And then they get perfections by contemplation, reflection through fikr and tafakkur. And Sayyidina Rasulullah used to always remain contemplative and reflective. So that's why it's relatively easy to understand the asbaq of Rasulullah. Now one final point and that is that Allah Subhanahu has made three centers in this world. Number one is Baytullah, number two is Baytul Muqaddas and one is Medina Manawra. So Baytullah is a center because that is where Allah Ta'ala sends his tajaliyat and zatiyat and that is the main haram and when you pray one salah there, you get the word of a hundred thousand salah. Second is Baytul Muqaddas, that is smaller. And you get the word of fifty thousand prayers over there. And there the tajaliyat of sifat come on Baytul Muqaddas. And third, sorry, not Medina, is the mountain of Tur. Mountain of Tur. And that's where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sent his tajali on that burning bush. And that is the place of the Shiyunat. So Allah subhanahu wa made Kaaba and Baytul Muqaddas a haram. And Allah ta'ala made the third place the mountain of Tur not a haram, but just a place of barakah. And then Sayyidina Musa was told to take your shoes off because indeed this is a blessed valley. So that place has been mentioned in Quran as a special place. It's a blessed valley. You have to take your shoes off, but it's not made a complete haram like the two harams of Makkah Makarramah and of Baitul Makandas. That is why Baitullah is the center of ibadah. Baitullah is the center of worship. And Baitul Makandas is the center of the rule of the Islamic Empire and has made it the center of strength for the Islamic Empire. That's why Sayyidina Ali he he made Kufa the, the capital. Because Sayyidina Ali knew that Makkah and Medina, these are not places to be centers of the empire. They cannot be centers of the political and military part of the empire because they're two harams. So Makkah Makarma and Medina Manara are centers for ibadat and worship and Baytul Maqaddas is the center for the political military center of the empire. And that is why in the end when the Jal comes and Sayyidina Isa comes back, the final then battles will take place in Baytul Maqaddas. And from the side of the enemy will come the Jal and from the side of the believers will be Imam Medina Salman, Sayyidina Isa and that's why Sayyidina Rasulullah 
had mentioned hadith the benefits of migrating to Sham. Now, why would you, if you live in Medina, why would you migrate anywhere? Most you would think you'd migrate to Makkah Makarma because okay, Kaaba is there. But no, the Prophet Hadith mentioned the virtues of migrating to Sham because Sham and Beit Muqaddas is considered part of Sham. Why? Because the final conflict and final battle between good and evil will take place there. And at that time will be when the migration there is praiseworthy and earning reward from Allah So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has protected both of these places very much. Why? The reason was that the Baytullah and the Kaaba was the place where the Prophet was born. Makkah is the place where the Prophet was born. It's the birthplace. So Makkah is the birthplace of Allah Ta'ala's beloved. And Medina Menorah and Beit Muqaddas was the place of Sayyidina Ibrahim Islam, who was the Khalil of Allah Subhanahu So here in Makkah is the Tajaliyat of Zat and in Beit Muqaddas is the Tajaliyat of the Sifat and the mountain of Tur is the Tajaliyat of the Shunah because he, Musa Islam was a lover of Allah Subhanahu that's why he said in Quran that, Oh my Rabbi, I wish to see you. And then some people wonder, Why was the Prophet not laid to rest in Makkah Makarma? And the reason is, He said, On Baytullah is coming, the Tajaliyat is However, Sayyidina Rasulullah has having Tajaliyat of Shan and Jami. And Shan and Jami is Zat, Sifat, Shunat, all of that together. That's why there was a separate place for that and the place of the Shani Jami is Medina Manawra. So now Allah Ta'ala has made these different centers on this world. Tajaliyat Zatiya is on Makkah Makarma and Tajaliyat of Sifat is on Beit Muqaddas and Tajaliyat of Shunat is on the mountain of Tur and Tajaliyat of the Shani Jami is on Medina Manawra. And you will see all the, if you go to these four places, you will see that they're very different in their feeling and very different in their atmosphere. And this is the Aqidah of our elder Ulama Dirban that where the Prophet is laid to rest in Medina Manawra that even that earth and soil that is touching the body of the Prophet that earth and soil is even greater than the Arsh of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make it easy for us to follow these paths of tasawwuf. And if you put effort on your zikr, inshallah, you will yourself see the fruits of your zikr. And now, if you want, you can read the Maktabat al-Masumiyya and Maktabat al-Rabbaniyya because we have laid the foundation of your understanding and now you will be able to read it easier on your own. And if there's any difficulty that you find when reading it, then you can 
make he may open it up for you or if you get a chance you can discuss it with the sheikh and just like the Quran part of it explains the rest just like that of the maktubat that if there's a difficult passage in a letter you will find later on another letter that treats that subject in a more easy way and if you don't understand something in the maktubat-e then maktubat-e is even easier than that but by reading these maktubat a person will not be misguided but instead they will get the correct understanding of what real tasawwuf is so this is the path where this is a path where a person is not supposed to be. Otherwise, without this correct understanding, this path is one in which a person is groping around because they don't know and they don't understand. And by using Bustamiyamte, whenever he used to see Inur, he used to do sajda immediately and fall into sajda because he didn't know, understand what that Nur was. And for 20 years, he used to always fall in sajda. And then Allah Ta'ala sent ilham on him and told him that you are this nur that you're doing sajda to, that's not your Allah. That is your own nur of your own kafiyat. So you're doing sajda to your own kafiyat. So in this path, the person needs a lot of the mercy of Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala. And these books that are written by our elders, they provide that guidance and they help save a person from having misunderstandings. So these were the major things we wanted to explain to you about Lataif. And, and from tomorrow we're going to talk to you about Salah. So actually originally I was going to talk to you in all the midnight gatherings just on Salah how to improve your Salah, the wonders of Salah. But then there were some of our friends who said that if we don't, we don't know about Zikr, about Lataif, so can you explain that first? And then we can then shift to Salah. So tonight is the conclusion of this series on Lataif and Zikr and the Maktubah. And then from tomorrow we will begin talking about Salah. Because the purpose of the Sawaf is that a person should get Asan, which means to worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala as if you see Him. So because that's the goal, so then from tomorrow we're going to talk about how to make our salah like that, how can we increase our concentration on salah. Inshallah tomorrow we'll begin that topic.